Welcome to another life-impacting message from City Light Church. You can find more great content like this online at citylight.church. So uh, if you uh, open your Bibles or your devices, we've got a um, a reading from uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we're going to read from uh, verses 11 to the end of the chapter. In my Bible, the heading for this uh, paragraph is called The Ministry of uh, Reconciliation. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But what we are is known to God, and I hope it is known also to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you cause to boast about us, so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what is in the heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Amen. Let's come in prayer. Father, we come to thank you for your word and for your grace toward us through the Lord Jesus Christ. We look back over this last week and again see your provision day by day and we come with thankful hearts. We come to thank you for the presence of the Lord in our midst tonight and pray that the Spirit of God will be our teacher and our guide to lead us into all truth. You have an amazing plan for our lives and we pray that more and more this will unfold, that we will lay hold upon that for which you've laid hold upon us. So we do come, Lord, to thank you for the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ and all that he has done for us. And so we commit the rest of our time together into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, As I was uh, preparing uh, for tonight, uh, one of the elders um, 
Uh, Don sent me a note. The goal is that people will take up their mission to be Christ's ambassadors as individuals and as a church body. And uh, as he shared this morning at uh, Glenelg, John 13, 34 and 35, Jesus said, by this, all people will know you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And so tonight we want to think about being ambassadors, uh, messengers of the King, and that is both an individual thing as well as a group thing, something we do together as well as something we do as individuals. And in John 17, Jesus is praying to his Father, Father, as you sent me into the world, so I've sent them into the world. I'm sending you into the world, not to take you out of the world, but I'm sending you into the world. And so the word ambassador, which we saw came up in our Bible reading in verse 20, also occurs in Ephesians 6 where Paul says, pray for me that I might be given the words that I should say to proclaim the gospel, to speak as I should, as an ambassador of the king. And so there are two things we really want to see tonight from this passage. God has given us an amazing message, the message of the gospel, that he took our sin upon himself that we might receive the righteousness of God. And then an amazing ministry that we should represent the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. There's a big sign up there that says mission. I thought I'd just turn around to make sure it was still there. But this last month has been our mission month. And it's good for us to stop and think about what has God said to you over this last month? It's very easy to go on, and I've done it myself plenty of times. You go on to the next week and not stop and think, what is God saying to us as a fellowship about mission? We had the trip to the Philippines in week one. We had that report on the Philippines. Uh, I, for one, learned how to spell the Philippines because I was never sure whether there were two L's or one L in the, in the name, but I'm pretty right now, I think. And, uh, and up in the Philippines, we, we visited a really isolated island, very poor. And yet there were people there who had heard the message of Jesus and had come to follow him. They'd been forgiven and received eternal life. And it goes back to God's amazing promise that he made to Abraham right back in Genesis 12. In you and in your family, in your seed, shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. And when we enter into mission, I was so glad that we sang tonight about his promises. All his promises are yes and amen. And mission really involves God's promise to bless the world. And when you go to Galatians 3, he says that in, the, in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. And that seed is Christ. And so there we saw in that isolated island in the Philippines, God fulfilling his promises in 
bringing a people to himself, drawing a people to himself. And God is going to fulfill his promise where you are. We in Australia are seeing people come from all nations, all around the world. They're coming here. And God has a heart for the whole world. It's very easy to get very inward looking and think just about our own little church, our own family, instead of having God's heart, which is for the whole world, for every nation, uh, every, the, the Greek word ethnos, every ethnic group, not just the political boundaries that you see on your map, but every ethnic group. And one day in heaven, as it says in, in Revelation 7, there's going to be a great multitude from every tribe, every language, every nation, every people, there's going to be representatives worshipping their heavenly Father. How do you see people? In verse 16 of our reading, he says, From now on we regard no one according to the flesh. When you become a believer... God wants you to no longer just look at people as they appear on the outward, but to see them, each one, just as God saw us, as a needy soul, someone who needs the Lord, needs forgiveness, needs eternal life, needs a purpose in life. And God is saying to us as a fellowship, lift up your eyes and see the harvest fields of the world. Be involved as an ambassador. Well, then week two, we went to the workplace. And I don't know whether you've ever thought about your workplace, whether that's, for some of you, the workplace is in your home or in a factory or uh, in a school. But God has put you there. He sent you there. He sent you there to be an ambassador, to be a representative of him where you are. And uh, we had the people from the City Bible Forum. They talked about merging your universes. I'd never really come across that expression before, but I thought it was beautiful about God doesn't want us to have just our Christian experience on Sunday and our non-Christian experience for the rest of the week. He longs that we merge our, our Christian friends and our non-Christian friends and work together on this to expose those who don't yet believe to our Christian brothers and sisters and help them. It's a bit like Matthew in, uh, in Luke 5 when, uh, he, when uh, Jesus said, follow me, and he invited all his other mates to come along for a big dinner with Jesus to meet Jesus. And, uh, and then Cornelius, in Acts chapter 10, uh, Cornelius, a Roman Gentile, a Roman soldier, has this vision and uh, the angel comes and says, go and send for Peter. And it's very interesting that uh, uh, he says, go and send for Peter. The angel just didn't tell Cornelius the gospel because God's plan is that he uses you as ambassadors as his representatives to proclaim the gospel. And, uh, 
and so Cornelius, uh, Peter, uh, Peter then has a, a vision at his end that he shouldn't regard any non-Jews as unclean. He should take the gospel to them because that's God's intention for the whole world. And so, um, so Peter, Peter goes there and Cornelius calls and he calls together all his relatives, all his uh, friends, and many were gathered there as Peter shares the gospel. You don't know often why God puts you where you are. But step by step, I believe God will show you that he has a purpose for every one of you, where he's put you. There are needy hearts where he's put you. May not be obvious at first, but he's at work. I want to tell you a little story of a man who was in charge of some workshops and uh, his other managers used to say, why is it that all these fellows work for you? They're so hard, you know, they work for you so hard and yet for us, we've just got to keep plugging away and push, push, push. And these fellows were very poor. They were coming to this big workshop, often from a long way away. They'd stay there for a long time. And uh, they said to him, uh, why is it? And he said, well, I don't know but I can only tell you what I do about it. When I come in the morning, I never come without having prayed for these people. And I come with my heart filled with compassion and love for them. And when I walk into the workshop, I have tears in my soul for love of them. And then I give them their tasks they have to do today. And uh, during the day, I pray for them. I pray for them individually. I take my stand before God and I say, oh Lord, remember Nicholas, he's, he's young, he's just 20. He's, he's got his young wife and first child back home. Can you imagine the difficulties they're going through? And, uh, and the, protect them while he's away. Protect them and shield them against evil. Encourage him to go through the year to face the difficulties. And he said, in the beginning, I prayed with tears of compassion for Nicholas and for his wife and little child. But as I was praying, the sense of the divine presence began to grow on me. And a certain moment, it just grew so powerful that I lost sight of him and was filled with the presence of God and what God was doing, the divine presence of love. And I met God holding these people. And as I thought about this story of this man, it made me realise in a sense how little I've prayed for the people that I relate to and deal with and how much difference. It's not going to be me that saves anyone. It's only the Lord working in their heart for them to meet the Lord and we can be available to him and meet some of their practical needs. But what we long for is to see them in God's hands, with God reaching out in his love toward them and touching their hearts with the gospel. 
Don't give up on people. God has an amazing plan and he sent you into your workplace. Well, then week three, we looked at open doors. We had a fellow, Tim, came from there talking about the persecuted church. And the thing that came home to me was Syria, in Syria, a man sharing, you know, in our troubled country, many countries have withdrawn their ambassadors from our country. But could we ever think we can't leave as believers? Could we ever think of heaven withdrawing their ambassadors from this place? And I think that's very true for us. We've got to see more and more that God has placed you where you are as his ambassador, as his representative, as his way of taking the gospel where it can never go before. I've, I've fairly well stopped work these days, so life's a little bit different for me. But about 12 years ago, I interviewed a fellow for a job and he actually said in the interview, uh, well, he'd come from overseas. He actually said in the interview, I'm, I'm running away. And I don't know what the rest of the panel felt, uh, felt when he said that, but I felt that he was running away from God. Anyway, we ended up employing him. And, uh, and he, um, he did a fantastic job actually at what he did but I would have to say he's one of the hardest people that I've ever had to work with. And uh, my wife will tell you, I used to come home plenty of times and complain about him and, and say, oh dear, what a day. And uh, he was just so emotionally up and down. And, uh, and uh, I just uh, recently went to his farewell at work because he's moving on. They invited me back because uh, uh, I hadn't been there for a couple of years. And uh, he called me to, uh, over to the side and he said to me, Harold, you know the story that Jesus told about the hundred sheep and how the shepherd, there was one lost sheep and Jesus went out and he found that sheep. He kept looking until he found that one. The 99 weren't enough for him. He had to find every sheep. And he said to me, I'm that hundredth sheep. Jesus has found me. It's like the prodigal son. The father saw him from a long way off and ran and embraced him. And he said, Jesus has run and embraced me because I've come back, I've come to him. Well, as I said, I'd given up on him. But then the family very kindly reminded me that, remember, Dad, we used to pray for him. We used to pray and ask God that God would work in his life. And God has sent you to people that will be very easy to give up on. They'll be like that hundredth sheep, totally lost. And you won't get any 
thanks. You won't get any uh, thank you for going and seeking them. But God is at work. Monday night, we went to the prison ministry and uh, uh, talk on the prison ministry. There are 45,000 prisoners in Australia and yet 1,500 of them are studying the Bible. I was just so encouraged. Not that prisoners are special people or any worse than us as sinners before a holy God, but that God is doing a work in the most unlikely places. You were a missionary, an ambassador for the Lord. What is an ambassador? There are two things about an ambassador that we want to think about tonight. An ambassador is, represents the country from where they come. And then they present a message. An ambassador can't make up their own message on what their government thinks. An ambassador has to be faithful to what the message is. As it says in, in Proverbs 13, 17, a, a faithful envoy brings healing. And so if we're going to represent God and deliver his message, we've got to be faithful to the gospel. We've got to be true to what God has said. You need to know the message. You need to know the gospel. And you can think, well, I've become a believer. I, I, I know the, the gospel. But let me tell you, the gospel is, is like a swimming pool where you never get to the bottom. You just, the gospel is just an amazing unfolding of his grace. And, uh, and every year, I, I believe if you're following the Lord, you'll discover new depths to this amazing gospel, this amazing message. You're a letter, it says in 2 Corinthians 3. You're a letter known and read by all, written with the Spirit of God on your heart. And who is sufficient? Paul says, God makes us sufficient for these things. And when you come to Christ, you become, as it says in Philippians 3, a citizen of heaven. And yet God sends you out into the world, a citizen of heaven, and yet you're, he's put you here in the world, in your particular place where you are, as, as he says in 1 Peter 2.11, you're, you're sojourners, you're exiles, you're temporary residents because our home is up in heaven. But we're ambassadors for the king. So I want you to think about this amazing ministry. When you go to uh, our passage, a representative of the king of kings, in, um, in verse, um, verse 18, he says, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He's given you the ministry of reconciliation. He's entrusted, in verse 19, he's entrusted to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. 
If you stop and start to think about that, that is an amazing thing. The king of kings, he could come with this almighty voice from heaven. But he says, my plan is to make each of you my ambassadors, to make my appeal through you, to speak the word of reconciliation. You know, we've been given a bit of an assignment, this uh, five for five for 365. And uh, I can tell you that's a bit of a challenge. Five things for uh, five people for 365 days. And um, what I'm going to say next uh, could get me sacked, but what I, I think, I believe you need to wait on the Lord for those five people and allow the Spirit of God to lead you. I, I've only got four at the moment that I'm praying for. Someone said to me the other day, they've got three, but allow the Spirit of God to lead you. Otherwise, this can become a burden, a load, and it's meant to be something that sets us free into walking with the Lord and being available to him. And uh, so we, we want to start to pray for these people that the Lord particularly starts to lay on our hearts. As, as Paul prayed in Romans 10, my heart's desire, my prayer to God for them is for their salvation. To do something for them, just as Jesus in Acts 10, it says Jesus went about doing good, thinking, being thoughtful of others. We can get so busy so caught up in ourselves and what we do. And Jesus says, no, I, I want you to look beyond yourself. Think, what can I do for this person? To share the gospel. How can they hear without a preacher? Faith comes from hearing the gospel. And you know, I'm not saying it's easy. You are going to get some very hard questions. I remember years ago talking with a friend that I'd known for a long time. And one night we were, I was driving back with him from somewhere. And I said to him, where do you think you are on your spiritual journey? And he said, how can you ever talk with me about that when my sister's baby has just died? you are going to get some very hard answers, some very hard responses. I didn't know what to say back then, and I still struggle to know what to say. All I know is God is a sovereign God, and he's a gracious God, and he longs to bless you in your life and to, for you to come to him. Another friend, a successful, he's a pretty successful businessman. He said to me, you know, Harold, the way you think of me, you're one of the few friends, genuine friends, I really have. And that was a wake-up to me that the Lord has put us with people that if we will start to think about them and care for them, that can be the first step in them responding to the Lord. God is making his appeal 
as our passage says, through you. To be where they are, it can be a long journey. Like this fellow I told you about at work, 10 years, pretty painful years. And, uh, and then I had a fellow the other day who we're just starting to relate to. He said, Harold, I don't believe anything that you believe, but then I don't believe in the Big Bang either. And I don't know what to believe. And, you know, I went home and said to Ruth, I'm just so glad that he said that, that at least he's starting to be honest, that we're starting to relate honestly and sharing our lives. So I can't come to you tonight with all the answers or as though my life is working out so well. But I can only share that we've got a great God who amazingly has made us ambassadors for the King. It's an amazing ministry. It's an amazing message. What is this message? Well, verse 20, we are ambassadors for Christ. We appeal to you. We beseech you. Be reconciled to God. That's our message. We, God has reconciled the world to himself. And this, this word reconciliation, uh, it's, it's a bit like if you've got two friends and uh, they're, uh, they're arguing with each other, whether it could be a married couple, and uh, they're arguing, and uh, usually my response is to say, well, there's probably a few problems on both sides. You, you know, let's, let's be fair, you know, I don't want to take sides, but I think you've both probably got a few things that you should own up to. But the thing is with God, God doesn't need to be reconciled to us. We need to be reconciled to him because God himself is seeking us. He's running after us with his great grace and love. But we have run away from him. You're going through, many of you in your discipleship groups, God's big picture that all started with God and a perfect relationship of man with God and with each other and with the creation. And then came the fall and we, the relationship with God, the relationship with each other, the relationship with creation was broken. It was destroyed. And yet God came looking for Adam and Eve in the garden, the very beginnings of the gospel. And so we've been given this word of reconciliation. It's interesting in the Bible, it, it relates in other places, God calls it the word of the kingdom in Matthew 13 or the word of salvation in Acts 13, the word of the gospel, the word of the cross, the word of life. It's the word of reconciliation. And how does he do it? In verse 19, he says, God was in Christ, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. This is how God reconciles you to himself. 
He starts to deal with your sin. As uh, Mr Spurgeon, who was a great old preacher of the 1800s, says, you and your sins must separate or you and your God can never come together. So every one of you carries this load of sin and it has a penalty, the penalty of spiritual death. And you can't just put this load down somewhere because it's got your name on it. It's got not just what you've done that's wrong, but who you are. You're, as the Bible says, hostile, at enmity, a stranger to God, a long way off perfection. And you can go to the doctor and the doctor will say, I've looked at the tests and you've got a serious problem. And you can say, well, I feel fine. And that's the problem. We live in a world that spiritually feels fine. They don't see a problem. But God says there's a problem. There's a problem of sin, of wrongdoing in your life. And you can carry this load around as long as you want, but you can't deal with it. And so God has given the answer. And the answer is in verse 21. This is the amazing message. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that is Christ, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He took our sin and put it upon Jesus so that when Jesus died on the cross, he bore the punishment for my sin. And then not only did he take my sin on the cross, but then he, took, he gave me his righteousness, his perfect acceptance, acceptance before him. Isn't that an amazing thing? That all of my sin, all not just what I've done, but who I am, Hostile, as the Bible says, an enemy to God. And he's taken all that and put it on Christ. In 1 Peter 2, 24, it says, He himself bore our sin in his own body on the tree, on the cross. Wasn't that Jesus became a sinner, but he bore the penalty of my sin so that I could receive the righteousness of Christ. You could say, that's not fair. Well, it's not fair. It's the grace of God. It's his unmerited favour, his amazing grace toward us. The gospel not only has a content, but it has a call. You be reconciled to God. And the big danger is you can know about the gospel but not know the gospel personally, to have not responded to that call, to have not woken up like the prodigal son and come back to the Father. And somewhere in your spiritual journey, there has to come a response to this call of the gospel. God the Father is making his appeal through us. We speak on behalf of Christ, 
be reconciled to God. And God's way is repentance, a change of mind, a a turning of direction in my life. Not sorry that I'm caught, but deeply sorry that I'm wrong and have offended God and have broken his rules. And then faith, John 6, 47, he who believes has eternal life. Philippians 3, not a righteousness of my own, but a righteousness that comes from Christ. To believe that he died for my sin, he was buried and he rose again the third day so that I could receive forgiveness of sin and eternal life. That's the call of the gospel. He's made you a missionary, an ambassador. There's plenty of things to discourage you, but don't be discouraged because God is at work in our world. He's made you an ambassador to take, he's given you this amazing ministry. He's given you an amazing message, the message of reconciliation, of his appeal for you. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your amazing ministry that you've given us, for your amazing message of the gospel, the gospel of grace, of forgiveness through the Lord Jesus Christ and his work on the cross. And so we come now to just commit ourselves afresh to you for your divine purposes. Help us to be just conscious of your presence and your leading through this coming week. And we pray that you would open doors for the gospel, for the good news. Help us not to give up on people, but trust you for their salvation. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from City Light Church. We hope you found it helpful and we'd love for you to share this message with others. For more great content, more information about City Light Church, or to donate to the work of City Light Church, visit us online at www.citylight.church.